It's time to accelerate. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 718 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. Hey, I have another excellent episode lined up for you today. My guest is Riley Meek. Riley's the founder and CEO of the Social Dynamic Selling System and is the author of a book titled Food for Thought, How to Use Dinner Seminar Marketing to Grow Your Business in Ways You Never Thought Possible. So, as you might guess from the title of that book, Riley has a very different approach to prospecting that has been very successful for him. And when I read about what he was doing, I wanted to make sure to get him on this show to, to talk to you about and share with you the system that he uses. He, he's created the system he calls Social Dynamic Selling. And I think it's very ingenious because if you're tired of banging phones and leaving voicemails that don't get answered or emails that don't get replies, then... Yeah, here's, here's a different approach, and I think you'll want to listen to this and, and learn, because it's, as I said, quite ingenious. And also, just a caveat, I mean, don't presume that this approach is only about high-ticket B2C sales. It definitely will work in B2B as well, so stick around. Now, before we get to Riley, I want to take a quick second to talk about the Sales House, the Sales Performance Accelerator Program for B2B sellers. You know, in the typical sales training, you learn a lot of things, with one exception, which is how to win. You know, in sales, winning orders is not the result of your process or the methodology you used. It comes from doing a lot of small things extremely well. So in the sales house, I focus on teaching you the strategies, the behaviors, the techniques, and the skills you don't learn in sales training, but that make the huge difference in your ability to actually win new business. For instance, you know how to build a relationship with a prospect, but do you know the four core relationship skills that enable you to build a trust-based relationship with a buyer? I mean, you've been trained how to do a discovery call. However, do you know the two most important pieces of information you need to learn from your prospects and how knowing these will make all the difference between winning and losing? I mean, you've been coached how to qualify an opportunity, but do you know the one agreement you need to reach with your prospect before they can truly be considered qualified? Look, if you're not up to speed on these things, then you're at a competitive disadvantage, and a sales house is the resource you need to reach the next level as well as the level above that. So members get unlimited access to our courses, our checklist, our playbooks, coaching, mentoring, and an engaged community to help you sell with more confidence, trust, impact, and acumen. So come learn how to become the winningest version of you in the sales house. Visit thesaleshouse.com. That is thesaleshouse.com. All right, let's jump into it. Riley, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andy. Glad to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Well, pleasure to have you on. So you're joining us from where today? Minneapolis, Minnesota. The Twin Cities. Yeah. <laughs> how are the How are the Twins uh, handling the start to the season? Um, you know what? I, I have not been following at all. So <laughs> not a baseball fan. <laughs> not really. Not not a not too much of a baseball fan. Um, it's uh, you know they've they've been up and down, and it, they're hard to at least this early on in the season. It's hard to get you know too excited about anything because yeah. 180 more games left. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm actually a big soccer fan, and you know, the big right. news is the big new soccer stadium that opened up in yeah. Minneapolis for the Minnesota Loons. I'd love to go see a match up there. Yeah, I drove by that the other day. It's quite impressive. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. You, we're going to talk about about your lead gen system that you work with companies on, but uh, tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into sales. 
Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, I am uh, 32 years old. Grew up in in South Dakota. A baby. A baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, grew up in South Dakota. I moved up to Minnesota, Minneapolis area, pretty much the day I graduated high school. <laughs> the day I could. <laughs> yes, exactly. And people usually ask why. Uh, you know, why why'd you move to Minnesota? And it, and it wasn't really to move to Minnesota. It was to get out of South Dakota. <laughs> Nothing bad about South Dakota. Wonderful people, wonderful place to be from. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on there. And um, I was attracted to the, you know, the big city, the city life. So yeah, big city, <laughs> big lights. Okay. So, um, so how'd you get into sales? Yeah. Uh, man, I've pretty much been in sales my, my whole life. I took my, my very first job at um, the age of 15 uh, at a at a gas station, of mm-hmm. all things, making uh, pizza, uh, hot stuff <laughs> pizza. Uh, and I worked, I worked an eight-hour shift, and at that time, minimum wage was $5.15 an hour. And uh, I worked that first shift, and I did the math in my head, and I thought, there's no way I'm doing this again. And so my first day was my last day. Um, and I've pretty much been working on my own ever since. So <laughs> <laughs> Things just sure. didn't pencil out. Yeah, it's... it's uh... It's hard to think about that. Yeah, just even back then, minimum wage was just five bucks an hour. Yeah, um, especially in South Dakota. You know. Goes a little farther in South Dakota, though. Right. At least at that time. So, so tell us about social dynamic selling and what that is, and and what was the impetus for starting this? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, once I moved up to the the Twin Cities, I, I kind of looked at a number of different opportunities and sales jobs, and and um, you know, I experienced a, a little bit of success in, in each of those, uh, but you know, everything that I was selling was always a, a one-on-one type of approach, uh, where I would sit down with somebody, or I would you know knock on the door and try to generate uh, conversation. Um, but ultimately, I was just talking one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I made a decent income doing that, but um, I, I kind of had the realization that my income, you know, as much as I love sales and and uh, you know, the, the higher the ticket item, the, the higher the commission. But ultimately, it was going to be capped by the amount of time that I had in a day because, you know, depending upon my presentation, if it was one hour, two hour, three hours, there's only a certain amount of time in each day that would allow me to make as many sales as I could. Sure. And so I had, uh, I was looking at a number of different opportunities, uh, kind of, I, I'd come back from, I'd lived in uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico for about five months. Um, and I'd, I'd come back to the States when I was uh, 23 and I was looking for an opportunity and, and um, uh, looking around on Craigslist of all places and uh, came across this ad. It said, work three days a week and make 10,000 bucks. And I thought, well, yeah, right. But I'll inquire upon this thing. And uh, that's really when I was introduced to this, this concept, this new form of selling. It wasn't really new, but it was new to me uh, in which this gentleman was doing presentations to groups of people. And that was really my first introduction of selling one to many versus one on one. And so he had actually invited me down to one of his events, and uh, it was a couple no, hours. What was he? What was he selling? Um, he was selling uh, home remodeling uh, products, uh, okay. you know, a number of different products at the time, and um, but relatively high ticket. Uh, probably you know four to five thousand dollar packages, mm-hmm. and so um, I thought I, I went down, not really knowing anything about it. I mean, home remodeling, I can barely hang a picture. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have, the, I have the same issues. So if I need to, my kids used to, kids used to give me a hard time when they were growing up about 
we had to change yeah. a lot. Had to change light bulb. Dad had to call somebody. But yeah, yeah, handy man. That's yeah. great. <laughs> um, so I, it wasn't like the products are. It, it wasn't that wasn't the product that attracted me. It was um, you know walking into that event and I saw a group of you know I don't know eighteen to twenty people there that were sitting there listening to him give a presentation and then at the end he asked for um, one-on-one appointments and that's when it really hit me and and I, I realized you know not only for, you know would it leverage money money for him but it really leveraged his time mm-hmm. which gave him the opportunity to make more money and that was that was the the light bulb moment for me where I, my my drive back home things didn't really end up working out for for him and I but my drive back home I was um uh, I just kept you know I get, didn't get a wink of sleep that night I just kept thinking you know what what is it that I could sell through this format and uh within you know the next couple months I put I formed my first company and started my own uh dinner seminars and um it, it really just kind of grew from there um, so was, so you were putting on your own events were you selling yourself yes yes I was so I um you know I I took what he was doing and not really knowing what what I was doing I thought well it looks easy I could just figure it out and it definitely wasn't the case it was, uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> well what, what was he doing that you didn't you didn't wasn't self-evident to you uh, well more so along the you know it's like they just sent out direct mail pieces and people showed up and then he talked for a little bit and he sold them what he what he was talking about and I thought well I could do that so let me self-address some envelopes let's get some people out there and it just obviously didn't work that way mm-hmm. smooth as I had I expected. And so, um, once I, uh, learned more about really direct mail, um, which is primarily the way that we do our marketing now to, to fill our events, um, learning more about, you know, identifying who your true client avatar is, uh, uh, and targeting in on those. Um, and then, you know, making sure you're inviting the right people, but then obviously how to craft a message, uh, and how to deliver a message or, uh, you know, how to take people down an emotional journey to get them to make that buying decision. From a from a group standpoint, is definitely different from a, a one-on-one standpoint, and that's really where the the, the term social dynamic sure. uh, selling system kind of came came about. So this is your business now. Is is that you actually you teach? Well, I think it's two things. One is you teach companies how to do this, but then you also do turnkey for people as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I have a few companies on of my own still that that we sell through this format. Um, but you know, a few years ago, I had you know we we had you know, been somewhat successful. The first six months in, in uh, my first company, my first venture, we did a little over $2 million in sales our, our first six months. Um, from there, we really started to add on more reps and, and we, we scaled. We had uh, 26 sales crews throughout 38 states that we were doing um, seminar, dinner seminar sales. Of, every- of what were you selling at that point? At that point, we were selling um, home insulation, uh, residential uh, LED lighting, um, and just these little packages that would help people save money on their utility bills. So, what was the average sales price? Uh, five to six thousand. Five to six thousand. Yeah. And so, you had you, your company, you had sale twenty plus sales crews in thirty eight states, mm-hmm. and each sales crew basically was working within a local geographic area to host dinners, or is it always dinners? Yep. Yep. Always dinners. And no charge for the dinner, right? Correct. Okay. And so, I mean, I just find this fascinating. So sort of walk through sort of how you, how you set it up. What was the, (laughs) what was the, 
yeah, not just the pitch, but in terms of getting people there, but sort of the process to make sure people showed up, which is always one of the big things. And right. but also just you know, interesting too is talking about this because yeah, I was fascinated when I first was reading about what you were doing because I were consulting for a client about ten years ago who he was doing something similar, and I was actually learning a lot from him. Is but he was doing seminars, not necessarily dinner seminars, mm-hmm. but seminars and was killing it with them. Uh, unpaid seminars, generating tons of lead, generating lots of business out of it. And you see so few people doing it these days because everybody thinks, well, we'll just have a webinar. Let's just do a right. webinar, right? So, right. so I know I've sort of strayed far afield, but let's, let's look at what your original sort of sure. events were. And then I do want to talk about you know, how some of your current clients are doing this and we'll compare them against the effectiveness of a webinar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, early on, it was really just me calling, uh, determining an area, you know, geographically where we were going to work, calling on the restaurant, uh, negotiating dinner times, um, uh, sending out mail pieces, taking phone calls, the reservations, doing confirmation calls, showing up, delivering the presentation. So let's, the- let's look at specifics. I mean, if you were, so you were trying to get how many people in a room, let's say? You know, an ideal at that point in time, you know, maybe 15 to 20 people. So, and how many direct mail pieces would you have to send out to sort of get 15 to 20? Yeah, uh, probably anywhere between 3,500, 4,500 pieces. Uh, it's, it's definitely evolved. To, those are unique addresses or those were the total number you would send out because it could be multiple to one person? Uh, correct. Yeah, those would be unique addresses. So we would send okay. them to Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. Uh, come on out to this free steak dinner. We're going to teach you how to save money on your utility bills. And was there any follow-up to all 4,500 or was it just following up with the people that responded? No, people that responded. Okay. So you know, people often talk about the their online funnel system. Mm-hmm. Uh, really kind of just developed an offline funnel system where uh, <laughs> I was buying, buying, Lee or buying names and addresses, uh, sending them my invitation. And if I had a catchy enough, um, you know, I, I kind of call it you know, fishing with corn dogs where we're, we're <laughs> a good Midwestern, a good Midwestern. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, the idea is the reason I, I use that analogy is that if, you know, if there's no fish in nature that is, will sustain its life off of corn dogs, but you throw it on a hook and put it in the water, they're going to bite it every time. Sure. And so that's what we were doing. If we, if we crafted a catchy enough message, but ultimately the, the corn dog is the free steak dinner, mm-hmm. uh, free chicken dinner. I mean, that's what, if I just sent the same amount of pieces out and said, come on out and I'm going to teach you how to save money on your utility bills, I'd have a point zero 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 one. You mean if you're doing, if you invited them to an afternoon event with coffee, Correct. with coffee. Correct. Okay. Yeah, we're, and I've done it. I've tried it and failed miserably. Um, it, there's something special about uh, a free meal. Yep. Everybody loves a free meal. And, and even above and beyond that, from the social dynamic aspect of it, they're, they're coming to a neutral environment, one that they're probably familiar with because mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, a local steakhouse or something. Um, and it, it's safe. You know, It's a neutral environment. It's safe. And the, just the, the dynamic of breaking bread with somebody just helps to build that that what we really have developed is just a system of no like and trust sure. of events. So um, again, well, that was well, I said, well. As I said, I'm just so fascinated by this. So, so <laughs> how would you set up the room then? Because I presume you wouldn't have like a dais or something because you don't want to be separated from the people that were coming, right? So, right. and was it just you or did you always have a team of people so you could you know mingle with 
at the various tables and so on. Yeah, yeah. Early on, again, it was just me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it would, I mean, we would, we try to get there, you know, early and we'd set the room up uh, either classroom style where they're all facing the same direction or you style or, you mm-hmm. know, um, uh, if you have rounds, I mean, sometimes you got to work with what the restaurant has. Sure. You like half, you know, crescents again. So no backs were at you, uh, just because you want them to be watching and paying attention and, and, you know, being able to see if you have props or slideshow or whatever it is, being able to see what you're doing. Um, and we, we, it, again, this was me learning early on, not knowing what the heck to do. Mm-hmm. How to set them up? Uh, what time do we have dinner? Do we have salads? Do we have dessert? All <laughs> of that as, I mean, there's, it seems like an easy thing, which was what I thought when I was early on, but as I, as it's evolved, we realized that this thing was, there was a lot of moving pieces to it. And, uh, we, we feel like, you know, eight, this is eight, nine years ago. Now we feel like we've really designed a well-oiled machine here. And, and again, what we call the social dynamic selling sure. system. So what does the dinner look like today? Let's, so let's say you're selling something, uh, do you have people are selling business to business? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Majority, yeah, majority, I would say majority of our clients are B2C. So business to consumer Sure. Uh, where we do, you know, from a, a direct mail standpoint, it's, it, it's easier to uh, invite somebody who's getting mail at their home. If I'm going B2B, there are gatekeepers as far as how to get that invitation, at least from a direct mail standpoint, you know, if you're trying to invite dentists to a, it, you know, a meeting, usually they're, receptionist is collecting their mail and mm-hmm. throwing the drunk, the, all the junk mail. So there are things that we do to, to overcome those. Um, but the majority of our clients are, are definitely B2C at this point. Sure. But a little bit higher ticket items. So I mean, you have four or five, sure. six set. So I'm um, the, the actual selling dynamic is not, not very different from B2B at that point. Correct. Um, so what does, what does an event look like now today? So with all your experience, um, yeah, you know, sort of take us through it. If I was somebody showing up at a meeting, what would it look like to me? If you were showing up at a meeting, okay, well, there would have probably been uh, two months of, of planning up until this point, um, as far as you know, determining where we're going to go mm-hmm. uh, down, you know, demographically, who our ideal customer is. We're, whenever we take on a new client, we're all, you know, we always start with the end in mind and what what are we trying to to accomplish here, and then we back into it. Uh, because one of the things, if somebody's selling a $48 widget, this is probably not the, no. the form for them. Because as you know, you know, direct mail and, and buying dinner and stuff, it's not a, a cheap task. So we need well, to have well, a, What's sort of a typical tab for cost for, for one meeting average, let's say? Yeah. It, it, are we downtown Manhattan or are we in, you know... Well, let's assume a suburb, suburban area of a big city. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it really depends. I, I did a meal this e- last e- Edina. E- sure. So we did a meal uh, right here, kind of in the, the local um, metro here of Minneapolis market. We did some events. Um, I think our, our dinner expense was around like $26, $27 a plate. Um, and, and that's all, you know, part of, part of what we've learned, what we've, we teach our clients is there are tricks, so to say, or or ways that you can go about negotiating with restaurants because they, I mean, they love it. You're bringing in 30, 40 new people mm-hmm. that never been there before. And all of that is important when you're, when you're negotiating um, the dinner prices and, you know, price per plate or, or trying to get out of room fees or things like that. Right. Um, so yeah, there's, you know, to get back really to your, your initial um, question of what does it really look like? You know, once we've got, 
say 30 RSVPs coming into to an event, uh, call it tonight here for a 6.30 dinner presentation. You know, our, our presentation holder, the seminar um, or sales rep essentially should get there an hour, hour and a half before, meet with the staff, kind of go through the, the timing of how the event's going to lay out. What time do we want salads? What time do we want dinner? Uh, are there name name cards? You know, there's there's a lot of factors that all come into play here. Mm-hmm. Once people start showing, it's now you're on. You know, you're 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 in, it's your you. I, I call it it's your circus and you're the ringleader. <laughs> it's up to you to perform. And and certainly we help and teach and coach people how to how to present and, and from a sales aspect how to present one to many, but then ultimately asking for the appointments and. Uh, you know, a meeting with them after the fact as well. But usually the, the presentation itself is, you know, 45 minutes, any longer than that, people are yawning and, and are getting bored. Um, and, and, you know, there's certain things you want to do. Especially, especially after dinner, I would imagine. Especially after dinner. And that's right. what, with the timing aspect of when you're delivering your presentation to when dinner comes on out to when you're closing the event out. Um, because there's, there's, you know, people's attention spans are mm-hmm. you know, not long. And so you, you need to be doing things or uh, enunciating things appropriately to make sure that you're keeping them awake. Um, and so you it, do the presentations like between salad and dinner or? Typically. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And again, it really depends if depends on the product, the service, what the goal is with the event. If, if it's an event where it's, uh, you know, rah, 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 rush to the back of the room to, to buy your, you know, one-time only ticket or whatever it is, that's going to be completely different than majority of what we do, which is really the point of our events isn't to sell. The point of our events are to get your audience or your potential clients or customers to know, like, and trust you. Mm-hmm. They know, like, and trust you. Obviously, they will do business with you or they will at least allow you to sit down one-on-one uh, and, and talk about what their upcoming goals are or projects or, again, whatever it is that you're trying to market. Now, is the presentation sort of more thought leadership, less salesy or more salesy? I mean, what's mm-hmm. what's people's, not to use the, the word unnecessarily, but what's people's appetite for, you know, certain types of content while they're at this type of meeting? Yeah. I mean, nobody likes to be sold. Everybody wants to buy. Mm-hmm. And so point of the, the a group setting, again, bringing people into a neutral environment where they don't necessarily feel like they're going to be pressured is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and part of the reason I, I named our system, the social dynamic selling system. And I like talking about this because a lot of people hear the name and they're like, what is this the social media? It, there's a, there's confusion with it, but I kind of like that because the, the real reason I, I call it the social dynamic selling system is that I, I feel like we've really gotten out of touch here in America just with, uh, all of everybody being online mm-hmm. and I feel like people are, are hungry for that social connection, like a real human being face to face. Oh yeah. And they're break bread. And, and with that, there is a dynamic, you know, when you go out to a, a bar, there's a social dynamic in the bar. When you're at church, there's a social dynamic happening with the church. You know, the pastor is, is, you know, delivering messages. Ushers. There's all, all of that is considered a social dynamic and every little thing can play into um, how your your potential client or customer that's in the audience is is feeling or responding to the the sense in the room to the the music playing and all of that is is what we've learned is is very very important in making sure you're having and hosting a successful event. So, is there a um, 
among the people who attend, and to your point just about social dynamic, I mean, are these, uh, is there any sort of like ongoing contact between the attendees after the fact? I mean, are people feeding back to you that, yeah, I met somebody at your dinner and I got a deal from him or I did business with him or? Certainly. Yeah. I mean, it, the event is, you know, there's many touches up until the event from by the time when, once we buy that person's, uh, information to, um, to delivering the mail piece or whatever it is that we're sending to them to them calling into RSVP to this, us calling them to um, confirm to them showing up at the restaurant. You know, we want as many touches as possible uh, up until they can make that buying decision. If, if they're not giving me an appointment or, um, you know, making that buying decision right there, they're still in our database. You know, th- these are your leads. Mm-hmm. Something. And this is what, what we really try to hit on because I remember early on in sales, it was like, you could go buy leads and try to call people or cold call or whatever for never your leads. It was like, if you went and tried try to buy a, I work with a, a solar company right now where they're used to just buying leads and trying right. to tell them to get appointments. And they love this system so much because it's, they're generating their own leads. Mm-hmm. It's not, these are theirs. It's, they're not trying to share or beat somebody else to the, the punchline. And so as we do an event and, you know, maybe get, 30, 40 people at the event, that is now their lead, whether they close them then or they're going to, you know, just continue to drip on them and put them in their new funnel system Mm -hmm. online. There's numerous opportunities or numerous bites at the Apple if they, if they're doing it correctly. You know, you can waste money doing this too. And, you know, you can let a lot fall through the cracks. Sure. If you have a true system in place. So, Two questions spring to mind as a result of that is one is is so is your recommendation when you work with your customers, let's say somebody that's in a local area, let's we'll get back to a more national approach in a few minutes, is is I presume it's not your recommendation is well just don't do one. Correct. Yes. And so Absolutely. what's what's sort of the recommendation on that regard? Yep. So so I mean dependent upon my engagement with the client, uh, we work with numerous different clients in different, different facets. So it, it could be somebody that just comes in and, and orders our Academy or, or buys my book that teaches people the system. Um, but, or they can go through our, what these uh, video training, uh, which has templates and scripts and everything along those lines that teaches people how to do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we have more of a done for you type of approach. And if someone would engage with me uh, on that level, we are very, very hands-on. Uh, we spend it, what we call a, a, a dynamic strategy day with them. And we're laying out a, an entire game plan um, for a minimum of eight weeks. Because the reason the eight-week number is just kind of a, a sweet spot for us is life happens. And if you just do one event, um, as much as I love direct mail and how I'm able to measure and respond to it, at, you, you are somewhat you know, reliant on the postal service and mm-hmm. some they'll lose your mail or sometimes they just won't deliver it when they're supposed to. And, and there are things that, that we do, we've, we've been able to overcome 95% of most issues um, just with how we're able to handle, handle and control things now. But um, uh, we really commit to eight because as you know, sales is a numbers. Mm-hmm. If, if I only have I'm doing one event, I don't have enough numbers to get a true idea or a true sense of, of what my ROI is or what it, what it would be where eight weeks is what we would require from eight, eight weeks, eight weeks, spending eight events, eight events. Yes. Okay. 
I highly encourage weekly events just mm-hmm. because especially when you're learning um when you're learning your presentation, it's, it's, you know, you do one, if you take three months off to do another one, you're, you're never going to get a groove that, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, really, you know, refined by fire really is, is our sure. approach. And, and so, we, well, so that raised the question in my mind is, so are people basically then using this, this method as sort of in a campaign mode as opposed to sort of a sustaining mode, or do you have customers that do it? Hey, we do one a month religiously or. One a month, one a week, one every three days. Um, it, well, you, it but you can't do one every three days for a year? I mean, I guess if you're generating enough business, you can, but that's a huge logistic uh, issue. It, you have to have a, a big team to manage that. Yeah, well, I've got two employees that help me manage uh, the 26 crews that, that we work with. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it, it can be a huge logistic thing if you make it um, or if you utilize it and are able to delegate you know, certain aspects of, of what's needed. Know what you, I mean, I'm a firm believer. We let the pilots fly, the chefs cook, and everybody has a role. And if everybody does their job excellent, which is what we would expect, uh, there it's a, it's a well-oiled machine where, yeah, you can be in a different town, a different restaurant every three days if you want to. Uh, it's, I mean, it obviously depends on what it is you're selling and what, you know, it, the, that whole process is, is, um, dependent upon what your product offering is and, and is it, you know, how it's delivered, you know, somebody, a financial advisor is, you, you know, they do dinner seminars all the time, but they're typically doing them once a month or once a quarter. Mm-hmm. have a, a solar company that has, you know, six sales reps doing them in different cities every single week, Mondays and Tuesdays. And they're meeting at, with homeowners Tuesdays and Wednesdays, closing 20, 30, 40, $50,000. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the product and the offering, but the, what's special about it is that it is a predictable, and, a, and this is kind of our tagline, a predictable, sustainable, and scalable selling system. And, and the, the, the scaling aspect of it is really how I was able to grow so quickly from zero to 2 million and then over 12 million the next year. And it wasn't because I was out selling. It was because I was able to go from zero for me mm-hmm. to sales reps to 12 sales reps, 18. And by the end of the year, I had 26 sales crews in 38 states um, doing events every single week. Mm-hmm. It was because of the system that we that we had in place. So let's, let's look forward a little bit into uh, how we do that if you're doing it more virtually electronically as opposed to direct mail, because I can just imagine, well, I know just thinking of where we're talking, I know several companies like this client that I talked about before who, yeah, you know, they were using the seminars very, very successfully. They were using direct mail, but they're selling to a tech audience. And I think direct mail, this is now 10 plus years since, since they were doing that probably wouldn't be as effective today. So it'd be more LinkedIn, things like that. So how, do, how are you helping customers in that environment? Um, in the environment, as far as using direct mail versus using online, like yeah, using, using online, using online ways to invite people as opposed to a sure. webinar, but to sure. a physical event, but just using more, what's that digital methods to reach out. Yep. Yep. And, and we've done it. We have incredible capabilities of doing it. Um, it's just that from a from a return on investment standpoint, or you know, a cost per click, or you know, mail piece standpoint, price per invite, 
uh, it it breaks down where it doesn't even compare to what we do from a direct mail standpoint. Uh, mainly because it, for me, to, I, I've done webinars, uh, many of them, and you know I've got to get six hundred to register for me to get eighty to show, or you know what I mean. It's just it's, it's totally right. No, but I'm talking about I want to f- get twenty butts and seats at a restaurant, but I want to sure. use LinkedIn to invite them, not direct mail. Sure. Yep, absolutely. And again, the what we've experienced is our 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 butts and seat acquisition cost is much higher uh, than a direct mail piece. Even though LinkedIn is technically free, I mean, you're paying for your membership. But if assuming you're not doing a LinkedIn ad or something, I mean, is it sure. possible to do just through you know in mail and other things, or do you have to use a paid LinkedIn I, ad or a paid Facebook ad or something to? Yeah, I've never um, I've never done that on a a high enough level where I could say that that is good or bad. Right. Uh, and so, with my experience in what when we've paid for online ads or Facebook ads, it's um, it's been a much higher uh, acquisition cost mm-hmm. than doing a, a direct mail cost. And part of it is um, a direct mail piece. Yes, we can direct them. We can send them to a, a pearl where they they can go online and learn more, and, and we're inviting them. Um, but also, it's just an 800 number where they can pick up the phone and call and talk to somebody directly and registering. And our our registration to show up rate is like 90 to 95% from a direct mail piece versus like a 30 to 40% from a, 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 a reservation rate, like from Facebook or, or online. So... Taking that and extending that, so you're saying that you know if people get a direct respond to a direct mail piece, a higher show up rate, higher yield off of it. How many touches do you have to do on average between the registration to the event to make sure they show up? Two, two. Yes, from a direct mail piece. Yes, it's they're, they're calling. They have a unique code. They're registering. We're asking some qualifying questions. Registering. It's less than a two and a half minute phone call, and then the day before or night before, we're calling for a the actual uh, reminder call mm-hmm. to show up at the event. And there's little things you do, like you ask what they're, what they're going to order for food. Um, just little things that subconsciously just put them in the mode that, yes, they're coming. They're, they're committing to come to this. Um, and, and that's, I think, the importance of getting a physical person on the phone versus just clicking um, you know, over the internet saying, yes, I'll come, and then never think about it again. Yeah, I know the follow-up piece is, is huge. I mean, that definitely, that's how you get people to show up. Well, very interesting. I mean, I wish we could talk more about it, but unfortunately, we've run out of time. But um, yeah, I agree with you in general. And I think B2C or B2B, either one, is, you know, if you can take advantage of a methodology like this, anything that that gives you more human time for someone, more face as opposed to, you know, just using digital tools, which are valuable, but they're no replacement for people. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll come out ahead, and so I think there's a really interesting thing if people are sort of interested in scaling up their lead gen on a more human level. Then here's a way yeah. to do it. So tell people how they can get in touch with you. Certainly. Um, so social dynamic selling is is our website, uh, socialdynamicselling.com. Um, on that site, kind of explains how how we operate as a company. Um, I've got a, a a book, new Amazon bestseller book out. Uh, called Food for Thought. You can get that on Amazon.com. Uh, it's pretty inexpensive. You can learn uh, more about the system. 
Um, but yeah, the, otherwise just socialdynamicselling.com is probably going to be the best way to uh, reach out to us and you can contact us um, through that website. All right. Well, Riley, thank you very much. It's been very, a lot of fun. Yeah, appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay, friends, that was Accelerate for this week. First of all, as always, I want to thank you for joining me. And I want to thank my guest, Riley Meek. Join me again next week as my guest will be another repeat visitor, Jamie Shanks. Jamie is CEO at Sales for Life and author of Spear Selling, the ultimate account-based sales guide for the modern digital sales professional. It's return visit for Jamie, and we're going to talk about how to take a profit-first approach to growing your sales. So be sure to join us then. And before you go, don't forget to check out The Sales House, The Sales Performance Accelerator for B2B sellers just like you. Visit thesaleshouse.com. All right. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. <laughs>